You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. And we're back for yet another episode of The Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Maurice Kilfer. Do you know the Muffin Man? How did I know that was going to happen? <laughs> I'm Susie Hunt. <laughs> and we are starting our new month of early 2000s horror with uh, episode 181, The Cell from 2000. Uh, it's an hour and 47 minutes, directed by Tarsim Singh. He did The Immortals, Mirror Mirror, and Emerald City. Uh, we're going to jump right into the cast because we are starting our new format, so we'll get into that in a second. But the cast is Catherine Dean, played by Jennifer Lopez, who we would know from Selena, Anaconda, Geely, and Jersey Girl. Um, Henry West, played by Dylan Baker, who we would know from Oz, Requiem for a Dream, Road to Perdition, Spider-Man 2 and 3, Fido, and of course Trick or Treat, which is where we saw him. Uh, Dr. Miriam Kent, played by Marion Jean-Baptiste. She was in Sons of Anarchy, Robocop, Edge of Tomorrow, and Training Day. And then Carl Starger, played by Vincent D'Onofrio. He was in Full Metal Jacket, <clears throat> Adventures in Babysitting, Ed Wood, Strange Days, Men in Black, Sinister, Daredevil, and Hawkeye. He's Kingpin. Yep. Yes. And then, he's a good actor. Oh, he's fucking amazing and everything. And then finally we have Peter Novak, played by Vince Vaughn, who we know from Swingers. Uh, Psycho, the, the the movie we will never cover on here. <laughs> Dodgeball. No, most hated if we bring it back. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. I would say Dodgeball, Anchorman, and one I would love to get on here, Freaky. That movie was awesome. I've never heard of it. You never heard of Freaky? It, where it's, it's Freaky Friday, but a horror movie. Where he switches bodies with a teenage girl. Mm-hmm. It's fucking hilarious. I gotta find it. Oh, it's, it's so good. But, alright, so for any longtime listeners who haven't had a chance to listen to our Hereditary episode or our Anniversary episode, we are changing up the format. So, going forward, this is going to be a much more conversational podcast. We're not going to go beat by beat through the, whole, through the entire movie like we usually do. Those still will happen from time to time. Um, usually when it's like a series that we've already started covering, we'll continue in the old format. But for the most part, going forward, it's just going to be, let's talk about the movie. So I know we've gotten a lot of great feedback in the past about our old format, but we needed to make some changes so we could continue doing this because our schedules are getting more and more difficult. But so yeah, let's go around the table and see what everyone thinks of this early 2000s J-Lo horror movie. Uh, Susie, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts? Thank you for asking, Mike. <laughs> Indeed. I love this movie. I loved this movie the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. And I think with the exception of the one scene where Vince Vaughn goes into, mm-hmm. like, merges with them to save to save her. Yeah. I gotta have my, I gotta have the bones open for this because names are hard. When Peter goes in and merges with Carl and Catherine, mm-hmm. that's the only part of special effects that, for me, really did not age well. Shane and I were watching, and I was like, it's like a fucking Windows 95 screensaver. <laughs> oh, you mean when he's dropping down the tube of dreams? And it's like, it looks like you're on acid. Yeah. I've never done acid, but I imagine that's what it's like. It reminded me of the internet <laughs> scene in Weird Science, where they're going down the weird tunnel. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. I think... I think J-Lo is really good as Catherine. Oh, yeah. I've loved Vince Vaughn ever since I saw him in Swingers. Same. Vincent D'Onofrio, creepy motherfucker. Just the way that he, each iteration of Carl Mm -hmm. in his own mind is just fucking scary as hell. Yeah. Um, And then you feel, you also feel empathy for him, Mm -hmm. too. Um, Yeah, I, I love this movie. I love, 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 love it. All right. Well, Maurice, what are your thoughts on this? Well, <clears throat> this is my first time watching it since it came out, and I don't think I watched it really? all the way through when it first came out because I can care less about J.L. <laughs> <laughs> I think she sucks as an actress, but... Um, I don't mind her. Yeah. Um, I, I don't like her as a singer, though, either, really, though, so... She's pretty though. Yeah. She's nice to look at. She's got a nice booty. Yeah. Which I want I want to talk about in a minute, but let's... Yes. We're gonna talk about the booty. But watching the 
Uh, well, I guess still critically. You're still watching it critically. Oh, know? yeah. Um, I like it. Now that, you know, maybe because I'm older and have a, a little bit higher attention span, but... <laughs> is it something I'd watch again? Probably not. Okay. Like, I thought... I, I love... Uh, I love the actors in it, like like Susie said, yeah, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. You know, he stole the show. Oh yeah, you know with you know, <clears throat> he was just good at everything he did in that movie. Um, I I love Vince Vaughn, everything he does. You know, mm. I'm the same way. Started with Swingers. I think Clay Pigeons was the second one I watched. <sighs> yeah, that's him. such a good one. That's another really good one. Um, so yeah, I've been a fan of his for a long time. So. Um, like I said, I, I've been a fan of him longer. <laughs> That's because you're older than me. <laughs> Touche, my friend. Touche. I genuinely can't think of a movie that I didn't like him in outside of Psycho. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, that's, I, and I can't blame him. Just, yeah, no, the movie just sucked. Yeah, no, every because they had good actors. It just was a shit movie. Right. But yeah, everything else I've seen him in, like he's always good. Yeah. So, um, it, it's really trippy feeling. Mm-hmm. A lot of it looked cool, but like you said, there was a few scenes that didn't did not age well. But I think for the most part, it looked cool, especially at the time. Mm-hmm. But overall, the story's cool. Like you know, the whole mystery and trying to figure out what's real, what's not. Then you know, then you come to realize that if you really start to believe it's real, it becomes real, and oh, mm-hmm. that's when it gets really trippy and. Like the old but, wives' tales. Yeah. It's not real. It's not real. <laughs> oh, like like uh, Dylan Baker. Or yeah. Not Dylan Baker. Yeah, Dylan Baker, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Says, you know, it's like the old wives' tale. If you die in your dream, you die in real life. But, yep. But, yeah. Overall, you know, I, I'd recommend it to somebody who likes like sci-fi horror. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, wasn't, it's not really my cup of tea. I enjoyed it for what it was. Mm-hmm. But... See, now, I, I remember seeing this in the theater, and I was obsessed with it when it first came out. I thought it was such a cool idea. I loved the idea of going into someone else's mind and seeing, like, their mindscape and how fucked up it could be. I thought that was a really cool concept. Um, watching it now, because I haven't watched it in at least, like, 15 years. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. The, a lot of the effects did not hold up for me. Um, it has... I don't know how to describe this other than... It was an era in the early 2000s where you could tell everything in the film was filmed in front of a green screen. It, it just, like, it has that weird, almost, like, music video look to it. Mm-hmm. Well, he took and, a lot of a lot of things from, like, Floria... Well, he I don't was know a, if you remember this. He was a music... A yeah, music he was a music video director. But do you remember when I was obsessed with, with Floria Sigismondi? Mm-hmm. She, it really has a lot of feel, like, when she was doing all the Marilyn Manson music videos, which mm-hmm. got a lot of inspiration from other music video directors. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, there, there's that feel, like, when you, okay, everything in Carl's mind, you could tell it was, like, blocks set up in front of a green screen, mm-hmm. where they were just acting, because it, it all had that sheen to it, of, like, this is early 2000 CG. Um now, the stuff that was just straight-up real CG, like the, the mindscape that Vince Vaughn went into, yeah, that just looked like a computer game. But the the overall look... You know what it reminded me of is Mirror Mask. It has that look. Oh, I haven't thought of that movie in forever. But that's another thing. At the time, it looked amazing. Watching it now, knowing everything we... Like, seeing everything we've seen in the last ten years, it doesn't hold up visually as far as the uh, effects work goes. Mm-hmm. It still looks pretty. The designs are great. But effects-wise, it's like, eh, there's something off about it. Because I recently watched Mirror Mask, and it's like, it's still good. I still like the story. I still love the designs. But it looks, it's a little hard to look at. You know? Um, and I feel the same way about this movie. There's a lot of scenes where I'm like, I remember that looking amazing, and seeing it now, I'm like, oof, that looks kind of like a full motion video game. It also depends on what kind of TV you have. Because, it, yeah, I watch it on Amazon in HD. Mm-hmm, same. But it, we have a 4K TV, and it looked like it looked, it, it looked like it was like an 80s movie. Mm-hmm. Just See, with the quality of the... I mean, my iPad is in 4K, but it's pretty high def, so... Mm-hmm. And it's still, it had that, that... Almost grainy. Yeah. Yeah. But but you can tell, like, okay, perfect example is when the horse scene happens. Oh, yeah. No, great scene, cool scene, 
You know, you see the horse get split like that. It's freaky as hell. But when you see Jennifer Lopez trying to, like, walk between them, you can tell she's walking through something that isn't there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of scenes like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Overall, I still really enjoy it. I I love Vincent D'Onofrio's performance. It's fucking amazing. Um, I like the storyline a lot. But, yeah, I mean, it's... I can understand, like, Maurice, I can understand your view on it, where it was like it didn't hold your attention the first time you watched it. Um, It also moves really quick, and there's a lot of convoluted story elements. Like Edward. Yeah. The Edward thing is just kind of dropped. Like, I mean, yeah, I know it bookends the film, but it doesn't really mean a damn thing for the rest of the movie. Yeah. No. The only purpose I feel it serves is to introduce why they have this technology. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And and there's a lot of, like, Mother Goose references that don't really go anywhere. Oh, that part is so creepy. <laughs> yeah, which part? Uh, there's so many Mother Goose. With, with the, inten- the intestines. The, yeah, the torture sequence. The nursery rhyme. But, I mean, like, right off the beginning, you know, the whole, you know, uh, I forget exactly. I, I wrote it down. Mucky Lock. Yeah, but... Lucky Luck is a boogeyman. But she's like, sing a song of sixpence, and responds with a pocket full of rye, and then 24 blackbirds baked in a pie. Like, that whole back and forth, mm-hmm. like, what was the point of that? <coughs> they only do that at the beginning, don't they? Yeah, and then they, they mention some... Um, they mention some various, like, Mother Goose stuff throughout. Mm-hmm. But it, just, it almost seems like somebody on, like, maybe the director really liked Mother Goose rhymes. Mother it's Goose just, Rock and Rhyme? Do you remember that movie? I do. <laughs> But yeah, overall, it's it's good stuff. Um, I definitely would recommend it to people. But yeah, let's let's, let's get into the movie f- proper here. Um, so for anyone that hasn't seen it, the basic premise is we have this killer who has kidnapped somebody, and he what, what was it like forty forty eight hours or something? He waits. He keeps them for forty hours. Forty until hours. He drowns them. Then he drains the tank, takes right. them home, gives them a bleach bath. Then he suspends himself, jerks off over them while he watches the video of them being tortured. (laughs) And then he dumps the body. I do got to say one thing, though. I cannot believe you didn't bring up the whole end of the movie where it's unrealistic that he would have made it there in time. Oh, oh, trust me. I'm going to. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was going to be something that you would bring up real quick. Oh, trust me, because that's one of my main beefs. (laughs) You guys know I hate the ticking clock so much. Mm -hmm. And this one... Okay, we'll get there. But um, So yeah, so basically this killer, he kidnaps somebody, and then he ends up... What is it? Wayland's Schizophrenia, which is made up for the movie. Wayland's Infraction. Yeah, which is made up for the movie. Yes. Um, Where apparently it's a form of schizophrenia. The worst kind. Yeah, the worst kind. That when it... Like, when it acts up or whatever, you go into, like, a permanent coma. So it's just like, you're fucked for life. He's not just catatonic. He's gone. Mm. Exactly. And so, now, the the cops that are trying to find the girl, like, they can't... They can't get through to Carl because he's out of it. So they use dream therapy to go into his mind and find where the girl is. Um, Very convoluted and strange. Not realistic at all. The water is, like, halfway full. And he's just getting into the plane. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I said, Mike's going to hate this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I was squirming. I'm like, come on! <laughs> it, it, was, it was worse than Army of the Dead, mm. where it's like, we got 15 minutes, I'm going to fly across Vegas, fight my way down a skyscraper, save somebody, get all the way back up to the roof, then fly out of Vegas before the 15 minutes are up. Prom night. See, but prom night... Longest cool day ever. There wasn't a ticking clock, though. That was just, we don't know how time works. Right. (laughs) I did a little investigating, and the movie that J-Lo is watching is called um, Fantastic Planet. Mm -hmm. So here is how this movie is directly connected to Fantastic Planet. So the Creel twins, who I think their biggest thing they ever did was The Parent Trap 3, Mm -hmm. with Barry Bostwick who was the narrator in Fantastic Planet. Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> now I've educated you. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we, we opened the, the movie up where J-Lo is like, like I actually put <laughs> J-Lo in a desert on a horse with no name. <laughs> hmm. Because she's in a fucking desert with a horse. Watch J-Lo in the desert on a horse with no name. And she's looking just like she is a swan. Yep. 
as she finds the the little kid Edward, who he went through some kind of trauma and is in a coma, and uh, she's trying to get him to come out of the coma. So there's this whole thing where she wants to go sailing with him. I think it was because he was in a sailing mishap, which is what put him in the coma. Yeah, with seals that were dying. Something like that. <clears throat> they never really explain it. We just see newspaper clippings. Yeah. Um, She's got a memory board of him in her apartment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, um, but yeah, so she goes in. She talks to the kid. You know, he doesn't want to go sailing. And then he talks about how the boogeyman wants to keep him there. Makilak. Um so, you know, which that is, this is directly uh, related to my World of Warcraft character who's been named Mokulok. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've been playing that character since 2007. <coughs> oh, pardon me, I have a tickle in my throat here. Tickle, tickle, tickle. <clears throat> but, so he gets all weird, stretchy face with CGI and then she jumps back out of the dream. He looks like he's in the Come to Daddy music video. You know what it reminded me more of? Is Black Hole Sun. <laughs> like, where the faces get all stretchy. <laughs> but, yeah, so, and that's the other thing, is like, she has a microchip in her hand to get out of the dream, and later <coughs> we see them install one in Vince Vaughn, and it's just like, it looks like a fucking blowgun. Like, they're like, there you yeah. go, it's in. Yep. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, that's how that works. That's all you needed to do. <laughs> but, when she comes out of the dream, she's suspended over, like, a, a black, like, obelisk and is wearing the Dracula battle armor from Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yep. It's like, wait, what? What's going on here? And they have, okay, so here's here's something. So she has a suit. Edward has a suit. It was designed for three people. Mm-hmm. So you'd think two therapists and the child. Right. Where did they get, like, a man's suit A suit, suit big from? enough for Carl? Mm-hmm. I had that same Carl question. Carl and for Vince Vaughn. I had that same fucking question. They're ultra stretchy. <laughs> Apparently. Oh, they're like those, remember you would get, like, the little pellets and you'd throw them in water and, and they, they would, would balloon turn out. a towel? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Just add semen. Ooh. <laughs> I, was, I would like to know what the concept behind this technology is. So they have this weird Dracula suit that they're in. Cocoon. And, and they're suspended from, like, it looked like light-up wires. Like, those little lights running down the wires. Yeah, and, like, and, the table comes, like, is lowered. Yeah, they're suspended over it. Yeah. And then they have a, a silk pillowcase with microchips in it that they drape over their face. Mm. And what? then they inject like into their into their boobies. Yeah, they had the weird like syringe. Neuromed. Of, yeah. That's fucking weird. I don't know. It's it's literally just hand wavy sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, so she can't help this kid, uh and, and the people who are funding it, the the kid's parents, want to uh pull the plug and send him off to a hospital. Now, I didn't write her down, but the lady who played the mom the only thing I know her from is fucking Mortal Kombat Annihilation, where she plays Sindel and is, like, literally the worst character in the worst fucking movie ever made. Well, that's sad. Oh, it's so bad. And, you know, I am I am a Mortal Kombat fanboy, but I, that is a train wreck. Um, and she's awful in it. But, so yeah, so they, they talk about pulling the plug, and then eventually they give them, I think it was like ten more months or something Six. like that. Six months? Oh. And I had to fight for that. That's right, yeah. And I had to fight for that. <laughs> so, and the whole time, J-Lo is talking about doing a reversal. So she wants to bring the kid into her mind instead of going into his. And she cites basically being a social worker and saying that um, when she was, you know, dealing with kids in, in bad homes, they often found that it, it worked out better if they took them out of the environment first so they could see that life could be better. Mm-hmm. Whereas Miriam, the other doctor, is saying, but you're a willing participant. It'll be shocking to him because he's in a coma. So if you pull him into your mind, he won't know how to react, and it could basically could kill him. So they go back and forth on this. Can't do it. Now, like you said, Carl has the, uh, the corpse that he's going to jack off over. And, which so for anyone who saw that this is totally a Mandela effect for anyone who saw this in the theater this scene wasn't in the movie it wasn't in any American release until 2015 so Carl uh, takes the woman that he drowned brings her home gives her the bleach bath like you said 
and sets her. It's so she's so fucking creepy, like a porcelain doll, mm-hmm. you know. And then he suspends himself. He's got steel hooks in his back and his legs and all that. Which, what was our obsession with suspension in the late nineties and early two? Do you remember how bad I wanted mm-hmm. to do that? And now I'm like, yeah. I'm so glad I didn't fucking do that. I know so many people that wanted to do that, but it was in so many movies as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what? The, why were we so obsessed with suspension in that time frame? But so he suspends himself over her and jacks off. He then uh, dumps the body in shallow water. Wrapped in plastic like Laura Palmer. Mm-hmm. And makes a mess of things. So he ends up uh, skidding out and hitting the guardrail, leaving a scrape of paint, all that. So when the cops are investigating, they're like, he wants to be caught. And uh, so th- there's a, the whole thing where they, they find the body. They're basically saying, was it the sixth victim, I think? Seventh. Seventh Seven, victim? Yeah. So, yeah, they got the seventh victim... And they're like, he wants to be caught. He's getting sloppy, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, because they said, like, he used to wait months before, and now yeah. it's only been a few days. And he, you know, dumped the body where he knew it was going to get found, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and the dog hair. Yep. And that's, well, that's what gets him. Yeah. Is the coroner ends up finding a dog hair on it, and he looks looks into it and finds out it's an albino shepherd. So it's like, there can't be a lot of people who have an albino shepherd in the area. So they start looking for breeders, yada, yada, yada. They end up tracking down Carl. Now, meanwhile, Carl is blowing bubble. It's he's he's reenacting that scene in Gummo minus the oh, spaghetti. Oh, God, and fuck the water Gummo. looks a little cleaner. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the water looks still looks clean, but he's yeah he's he's blowing bubbles in the in the bathtub, and then he has his weird headache. Where it's almost like a seizure. Yeah. Oh, well, actually, we skipped a part. He does find another victim and captures her first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because he puts a brick behind her um, her tire so she thinks that she hit the dog. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. got the dog trained to act like it got hurt. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then he captures the, the new girl. And then so we, we know she's in the cell. And then he's doing his little bathtub shimmy. <laughs> Has his headache, flick, flips out, runs out of aspirin, and then ends up passing out in the kitchen while the SWAT team and FBI come bursting it. So they find Blood him. Butt ass naked, face down, face down, ass up. <laughs> well, that's not the way he likes to fuck. He likes to fuck suspended over a corpse. With 14 steel rods in his back. Yep. <laughs> that looked painful, especially the ones in the backs of his legs. Jesus. Yeah. Like, oof. And, like, the way when he was shaken, it was, like, stretching, and you could see, like, the rivulets of blood coming out. I just out. got chills, because, yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. But... So, yeah, they end up, uh, you know, capturing him, but he's in a fucking coma. And this is where we get the hand-wavy explanation of it's Wayland's infraction. You know, totally made up for this fucking movie. Normal schizophrenic, which that the guy who played the doctor was the murderer in Identity. In Identity, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a normal... It's like, this is a normal schizophrenic brain. This is a schizophrenic brain on suspension drugs. <laughs> <laughs> this is a schizophrenic brain with the thing that we made up. But, yeah, so they, they basically, uh, you know, they, they, they're, they're shit out of luck. They can't get him out of the coma. He's permanently trapped. And then, you know, the, the doctor who knows about the fake disease decides, oh, I know about this dream therapy. Here, go, go see them. Yeah. <laughs> so they go to the dream labs, explain the situation, yada, yada, yada. One thing leads to another. They convince J-Lo to go into his mind. And um, this is where things get really fucking weird. Like... But it's visually stunning. It is. It's very, it's it's beautifully designed. Yeah. But the visuals, at least in my opinion, the visuals did not age well. Um, like, I love the idea of, you know, demonic Carl with the, you know, he's got the big, like, twisted hair horns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he has the cape, like, strapped to his, his back rings. When he stands up, it all like unholy. Yeah, on the wall. but it looks so bad because it's CG, mm-hmm. and it's it reminded me of Spawn's cape and the CGI you know section of Spawn. It looked really bad. Um, but yeah, so she finds young Carl inside of his mind, and that's who she's trying to communicate with as the child. And there's also Demon Carl, and. <laughs> For some reason, a giant muscle-bound naked lady. Those are all of his victims. Yeah, I know, so, but she was like his his she was like his servant. How the fuck did he kidnap her? She looked like an American gladiator. She <laughs> did. She looked like diamond or 
Dynasty or whatever her name was. <laughs> Diamond or Dynasty. Those are stripper names. <laughs> was it Mercedes, perhaps? Or Camaro? <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, she... She, like, throws her against the wall. Well, yeah, because she goes down this hallway. Well, let's back up. She goes in and she, she finds baby Carl. And uh, he's petting a horse in a clock room. And then she starts petting the horse. And he looks. He sees the clock's ticking down. Pushes her out of the way. And suddenly these glass slides cut through the horse and separate. It's completely vivisected. But the horse is still alive. Yeah, it's completely vivisected. Yeah. So it's like you can see its heart beating and everything, mm-hmm. like, still moving. It's like, ugh. And then he runs away, and then she follows, and this is where she finds the room of dolls. So you see all the different women he's killed in different cages. Doing uh, different sexual things. Yeah, or like doing even, st- like the one that was a ballerina that was just kind of like dancing in a yeah. circle. Yeah. Uh, but then you have Naked Lady Hulk, who just like comes out and beats the shit out Gigantic of her. Gigantic fucking feet. Yeah. <laughs> she, got, she came out... Clocks J-Lo and just drags her ass to With Demon her big Carl. old titties. <laughs> yeah, they have some big titties. So she throws J-Lo in, in Demon Carl's room. And he, you know, stands up. And this is actually really cool. He, he's like, he has his hair twisted into horns. He's got like scales all over his back. And he's got the big metal rings which are connected to like curtains that are kind of wrapping around the room. Mm-hmm. And when he stands up, they unhook and he, they look like giant wings. And then he's like, who are you? She pushes She screams them. and she's like, I'm out. I'm out. There's no place like home. She pushes her little her little magic button and gets out. See, all I can think of, keep on thinking is, how's he get the curtains back? I know, right? I like, that's got to be difficult. It's his dream world. Uh, and she's just living in it. Yeah. <laughs> I will say the costume designs oh, for her and for Vincent D'Onofrio mm-hmm. were absolutely fantastic well that's the thing the design work is Mm -hmm. gorgeous it's just one of those things where the technology wasn't quite there at the time of the movie so but it is a it's a it's a stunning movie design wise Mm -hmm. you know i I love all of it you know why i think that i i don't necessarily agree i'm not saying you're wrong your opinion that the cgi hasn't aged well yeah i think because i'm so enamored with the visual itself Mm-hmm. that I can look past 2000 oh, yeah. CGI where it doesn't phase me as much as that one scene where it looks like a screensaver for right. Windows 95. See, for me, it's like I can always look past, you know, bad effects. I mean, clearly I've watched them. You guys know I've watched some yeah. shitty movies that I love. Um, but yeah, it's, there's something about that from about 1997 to about 2007, the CG in that era always takes me out of the movie. It's like, I re- recently rewatched uh, the first two Spider-Man movies, the Tobey Maguire mm-hmm. Spider-Man movies, and there's that sequence at the parade where you have the goblin throwing the pumpkin bombs, mm-hmm. and he's like hopping from parade, parade float to parade float. It looks like a PlayStation 2 era video game. It just mm-hmm. like, it drives me nuts every time. I'm like, ah, oh, it just doesn't look right. And you know what? Now we look back on it and we're like, that didn't age well. But when we At first time, saw it, we were like, this is fucking awesome. But, you know, yes and no. Because I do remember plenty of conversations where it was like, it was so cool. I mean, this part, okay, yeah, but it was still really cool. Like, there was a lot of that. Like, mm-hmm. I remember specifically in Lord of the Rings, uh, Return of the King, there's a scene with Legolas where he jumps out of a boat. And it looks like a cartoon. Because Orlando Bloom wasn't actually there. Right. They CG'd him in. And it's like... It immediately takes me out. And I remember talking about it after watching it, like, mm-hmm. that looked so bad, you know. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you can look past it and forgive the film, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, and still enjoy it. But it's, yeah, it's certain. It's like when I go back and play a PlayStation 1 era video game. I still love the games, but the voice acting and the CG moments are like, whoof, that's bad. Yeah, exactly. They move like the dolls in the cages. Mm-hmm. But, um... Oh, there's a car alarm Turn going on. Turn your fucking car alarm off. Uh, hopefully you guys can't hear that, but if you can, whatever. <laughs> but uh, City living, I tell you. Indeed. So they try to convince her that she needs to go back in because they, they have very limited time to save this girl. Um, Vince Vaughn ends up talking to, to J-Lo, explaining why he does what he does. 
And he t- gives her this whole song and dance about this murderer that he he helped to catch. And child then, molester. Yeah. But, well, ch- child murder. So it was basically Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Um, catches him, which is funny because we deal with dreams in this movie too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so he catches this child murderer and he gets off on a technicality. And then that very same night, he ends up abducting and murdering a small girl in her house. And then puts her heart in the fridge because he thinks her parents would want to keep it. Yep. And, you know, so he kind of explains to her that, uh, you know, he needs he needs this. He needs to catch, you know, ca- or he needs to find this girl and save her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's kind of talking about, like, what drives people to that. And he, he hints at something happening to him. Because he's like, I do believe that you can go through horrible things and not do this kind of thing. Like, basically yeah. not be a bad person. And she's like, do you know that for sure? And he looks at her and he goes, I do. So it's like, it never, they never pick it up, but it's like, it almost implies, like, maybe he went through some trauma as a kid, too. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's a lot of that throughout the whole movie. Oh, I, I talked to a, a professional about that scene, and they don't think that that's an accurate statement. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Movie's got a movie. I guess. See, I don't know, because without naming you would, names... You would need years and years of therapy. Again, without naming names, well, we'll talk off, to, uh, off the air, but I, I am very close with someone who went through some extremely horrific childhood traumas and um, is one of the nicest people I know. How so, much tr- treatment did they get? Never. Them? No treatment at all? None. And I'll tell you after the show, I will. I'm dead serious, man. Like, because <laughs> you know this person too. Um, so I'm not saying that that's the norm. Mm-hmm. I am saying it can happen. That's um, a unicorn right there. Exactly. I'm not <laughs> yeah. saying it's the norm. It's the exception that proves the rule, maybe. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. So I mean, could it happen? Sure. You know. Um, but we never even know because Vince Vaughn doesn't say if he was had anything happen to him. Yeah, it must have been deleted scenes. Maybe, maybe he's just like I knew a guy. <laughs> You know, we don't know. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, so yeah, she uh, she ends up agreeing to go back in. And they, they basically, this is where they warn Vince Vaughn. They're like, you know, if she begins to believe what's happening in Carl's mind is real, then it could affect her. So basically, like, you know, that's the whole old wives' tale thing. Mm-hmm. If you die in your dreams, you die, you die in, in real life. So, and this is where we see her... Um, I'm trying to think of what, what part this is when she when she goes back. This is in. when she goes back in and she thinks there's a malfunction and he tells her to go look at the That's circuit right. breaker. But as she's walking, she's clearly drugged and she starts from getting the booby medication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's a very Alice in Wonderland because you have the big tubes mm-hmm. of the booby meds. That's what I'm going to call them. <laughs> the booby meds. The, the booby dream meds. <laughs> but where the fuck was the circuit breaker? I didn't, it didn't look like there was a circuit breaker was, anywhere. It was some kind of thing over on the wall. That looked like jugs of milk. Well, yeah, there was that, no, but there, there was the thing that was like jutting out with like big buttons on it. I think that's what she was reaching for. She was very tiny. She <laughs> could have, she needs a little stool. Right. She is her butt. Yeah, <laughs> just bounce on up bounce. there. <laughs> Can we talk about her butt for one second? Yes. I do not know what, and maybe it's just the type of women I'm friends with, mm-hmm. who go home from work. Still wear their button-up dress shirt, but just walk around in that in their underwear while they smoke weed. I mean, to be fair, she was in a movie. <laughs> so. I'm just saying, it took, that took me out of it. Yeah. No, I, I laughed at that, too. But you know what actually made me laugh even harder was, I remember back in the late 90s and early 2000s, everyone talking about how big J-Lo's butt was. I'm looking at that going, maybe standards have changed, but that's not a big butt. She does not have a big booty. And folks, he cannot lie. No. <laughs> I was like, that is nothing compared to now. Nicki Minaj? <laughs> I was just going to She say. got a badonkadonk. Is that like, still a thing? Is I, that a I, I don't know. We're say? showing our age. <laughs> but no, that, that's... I was like... And, and trust me, I ain't complaining. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's a small booty in comparison to what we see now. It is. <laughs> you know. Was this when she was with Ben Affleck? I think oh, right before. No, she's been with him for six six different times now. <laughs> okay, which time? Yeah, I think this was right before because Jersey Girl and was it Geely or whatever, those came out, I want to say 2003-ish, because I know I was living in Rochester. She, she may have been with a dancer during this movie. Oh, yeah. she was with a dancer, and then she married Mark Anthony. Mm-hmm. And had little J-Lo Anthony babies. I don't know why I thought you were going to say Mark Anthony pups. I don't know why, but that's what I thought you were about to say. <laughs> but, 
Oh, that's Ricky. That was, that's Ricky, Ricky Martin, Martin, and he would not be interested in J Lo. No, I almost said Ricky Iglesias. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting my late '90s, early aughts Latin singers. Confused. You're just yeah. merging them all into one. Oh my god, a massive! And they all now because they're all old. They live in the body of Pitbull. This is 305. <laughs> no, I, oh. I, I do gotta say, not to change the subject, but. Kate watched this with me, and uh, she says, and she brought, I didn't even think about it, at this point in the movie, she said that it, this movie reminds her of a combination of Kiss the Girls and Flatliners. Yeah, I could see mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and that's, It like, definitely yeah, has some pretty, Flatliner vibes yeah. to it. Yeah. And Kiss the Girls, it's been so long since that, I've seen that. Yeah. Is that Morgan Freeman? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah was, isn't That it, was the first, and then along came a spider. Was it Winona Judd? Who was with him? Ashley Judd? It had to be Ashley. It wasn't. Winona Judd. Winona Judd. She's a singer, yeah. Ashley, 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 Ashley Judd. I think it was yes. Ashley yeah. Judd. Okay, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one where the killer had the, the girls like in the caves, in the little cages. Yep. I mm-hmm. Okay, so. God, it's been a long time since I've seen yeah. that. But Yeah, okay, I can see I said, that. And I was like, yeah. The girls like, in little cages. Yeah, the girls in little cages. <laughs> no, kiss but, the girls. I'm picturing Sebastian making making a cameo. Kiss the girls. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's available. Bell point. No, 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 my, oh, my. Come on, don't be shy. Not, not, you not, gotta bleach the girls. <laughs> not, not the crappy remake, Flatliners, either. I still haven't seen that. I haven't it, seen it that either. I, I've heard nothing but bad it things. Was, it was bad. <laughs> well, we know you like bad, so. This is true. Yeah, I love it. Follow. This is like, it, um, this is like Gail's bad. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, do you know they made a part two of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. I, I refuse. Um... <laughs> I was gonna say totally off topic, but you brought up Sebastian. I, I got I got to ask if you guys have seen this. So with the the Little Mermaid remake, I'm fine with just about everything they did in that, except why the fuck is Scuttle underwater? Why is the bird underwater? There's a whole sequence where he's talking about the Dinglehopper, where he's underwater. I'm like, he's a bird. He ain't a fish. What the hell? Does he have an air bubble? No, he's underwater talking. Well, it is magical under there, right? Yeah. Yeah. But he's a bird. Under the sea. Maybe he's a fish bird. (laughs) It drove me nuts because I'm like... I I, didn't even notice that. I was with you all the way until the fucking bird underwater. Wait, you've seen the movie already? (laughs) No, I've just seen clips of it. But I do want to see it. But it's like, that scene in the original, she was on a rock... Yeah. Talking to Scuttle and, and showing him different things from her collection. He was explaining what humans use it for. Look at this stuff. At this Isn't time, neat? she's underwater holding up a fork and he's just flapping his wings underwater. I'm like, the bird's going to die. Get him out. Well, maybe no, he dies. What did, what maybe that's one of the sad scenes that he dies. What did his oxygen meter read? <laughs> maybe it's like Sonic the Hedgehog where the water bottle after... So when the music starts going... Oh yeah, he can go and go... <laughs> uh, so where were we now? We're talking. Oh, she shrunk. Uh, yes. We're talking she about became the incredible shrinking woman. Yes, yes, and then okay, this part is actually really fucked up because she she sees Carl, baby Carl, run into his house, and she follows him in there. Oh, and yeah. oh. we forgot to mention something. What? The first time she goes into the dream world, mm. we see his baptism as she's falling. Oh, because yeah, the we baptism see... plays an important part. There's this whole montage imagery where she's falling through, and yeah, we see his mm-hmm. baptism, we see women floating underwater, we see like like these weird roots reaching down that turn into chains, like it's it's all twisted, but yes, you're right, the baptism plays a huge role, like there's the whole water theme yeah. running throughout. Um, and even right here, there's more water, because she follows him inside and she finds him washing dishes, and he's like frantically washing the dishes, and she's trying to talk to him and tell him she can help him. She gives and him a necklace. With the little mirror pendant. Yeah. And she's like, just shine it like this and I'll come help you. And when he sh- or when she's showing him, she knocks over a dish and it breaks. And then he re- he like pushes her inside the closet and she's like, no, 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 uh, what's wrong? And then you hear his dad come in. And he starts, I'm not going to repeat the shit the dad said. But, but he, he starts beating him. Yeah, and he's saying a bunch of horrible Because he shit. has dowels. Oh, that's the next very oh, yeah. next scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's oh, yeah. when he takes the iron and burns him on yeah. his chest. Yeah, so first he beats the hell out of him for breaking the dishes, and he's like, you think we're made of money? And he starts throwing the dishes against the wall. He's like, why don't we break every fucking dish? And he's just psychologically and physically torturing this child. And then... She's looking through... From the closet. From the closet, and then it flashes into the living room, and there's a woman who's not yep. even his mother, and he's like... He, she's in, like, lingerie, and he's basically, like, sniffer pussy. 
Well, because he's yelling at yelling at his son, saying, "Your mother," le-, like he goes, "She's not your mother. Your mother left us. She abandoned us." And then he like grabs his son's head. He forces the woman's legs open, and like pushes his son's face right by her crotch. And it's like, you see this? This is where you came from. And he's, like, bitching about, like, how useless it is. This, that. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Like, all sorts of fucked up shit. And the woman's just sitting there taking it. Like, it's horrible. Oh, she was, she, looked, she, was, she was drugged up. Yeah, she looked yeah. like she was out of it. Uh, but then we cut to him playing with dolls. And his dad comes in and starts, you know, using a bunch of horrible slurs that I'm not going to repeat. But, Whips him with a belt. Yeah, and then he picks up an iron. He's you like, you want an iron? You want to iron like a woman? Yep. I'll teach you how to iron. And we hear him scream, and J-Lo starts... We just call her J-Lo. Yeah, oh yeah. J-Lo just starts crying, mm-hmm. and then we see, because the next t- thing, she turns around, and there's Carl smoking a cigarette with some kitchen gloves on, yep. in a cloth... With a, in, not in the clawfoot tub, <laughs> but next sitting next to a clawfoot tub, and he goes, this is my first, this is my first, I made yeah. such a mess. And you see the water's all bloody and all that. Yeah. But did you notice... The entire sequence, the way that was shot. It was in my religion. Yep. Yep. Mm. And it was funny. It was bugging me because I was looking at it going, why does this look so familiar? And I, I never placed it. And then I was reading the trivia mm-hmm. and I saw the losing my religion. I was like, fucking that's why. Yeah. <laughs> because I have losing my religion on one of my Spotify playlists and it plays a clip of the video mm-hmm. like on a loop and it's that. Yeah. The <laughs> Michael Stipe dance. I was like, son of a bitch. That's why it looks so familiar. Um, and that's when you see the scar on his yeah. chest from the iron. And like he, she tries to talk to him. He goes, "Who are you?" And she's like, "I want to help." And he goes, "Fucking liar!" And he's like getting pissed and starts yelling at her and swearing at her. And she goes, "That's your father talking." And then and, he gets because I watched it with the subtitles on, so I didn't miss anything. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Low, unnatural voice. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> and he he does he well he turns to Demon Carl for yeah. a second, and then she tries basically she tries to convince him she's there to help. And she asks him, I forget the girl's name, but Julia, Julia something. She says her full name. Julia Hawkins, daughter of Stephen. Well, maybe. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember her last name. But we'll just say Julia. She she goes, where's Julia? And he goes, no names. And she's trying to tell him, like, she wants to save her and all that. And he backs into the corner, into the shadows. Hickson. Julia Hickson. You were close. Hickson. Yeah, Hickey Hickson. <laughs> but he backs into the corner and, like, disappears. And then Demon Carl pops up behind her and it's funny because the whole time she's talking to him she's got her finger over her button Mm -hmm. like ready to escape and then demon carl pops out and pulls her arms apart so she can't press the button we forgot another thing did we mention the collars that he makes his victims because oh yeah this is gonna be important right here yeah because he pins her down Mm -hmm. and he's demon carl with the horns and like he's gonna fuck her yep and then he takes this collar that looks like it has spikes on the inside yeah and he clasps it around her neck Yep, and the you see the blood trickle yeah. down. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's that is one of the things when the cops first find the victim, um, the bleached girl in the beginning. When they find her, they talk about the the collar and the I forget his name, but the detective who was in Dawn of the Dead, um, the remake. Jake <laughs> Weber, that's the actor's name. Yeah, when he he goes, the um, he makes these for all of his victims. It, it signifies that they belong to him. How can you forget his name? His name is Gordon Ramsay. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, so he, uh, so yeah, the, the collar thing, he snaps it around her neck and then she goes into like whatever kind of shock it is that they a see on the computer. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh no, you know, what's going on? Remember and, that hypothetical situation I told you about? Yep. It's happening. So now she's trapped because she thinks what she's seeing is real. So now we got to suit Vince Vaughn up and get him in there. So they, they blow gun a chip into his hand. She's like, <laughs> wait, the, the, um, the English doctor's like, I'll do it. I've trained for this. He's like, I need you in here. <laughs> I need you with me. And Vince Vaughn's like, so uh, what do I got to do? Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll volunteer. And then they give him her file. She has, he has to read it and find some personal info. So that was like super quick. Mm-hmm. They have to speed up the movie. Well, yeah, you know, it's I read minutes. your file. I read your file in 10 minutes. But, yeah, so they, they suit him up. They shoot the little chip into his hand and remind him repeatedly, nothing you see is real. It's I all mean, fake. He's a former lawyer and now detective, so I'm, I'm sure he takes in information really well. True. I mean, but you know, he could probably read the whole file in 10 minutes and probably <laughs> retain some retain of it. most of it. I was going to say. He's uh, a good dick. If he's got to remember, <laughs> I mean, being a lawyer, if you got to remember all the laws and stuff, you're True. probably good at retaining True, true. 
But uh, it, it just seemed a little fast. I love this mm. part when he like lands in the dream world, the three women. Yeah. Oh, that was supposed to be, uh, I, I read about it in the trivia, based off a of painting. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of stuff that's based off paintings. It's a Geiger yeah. painting. Yeah. Have you seen him? Have you seen my son? He's an abomination. His mm. mother came and took him from me. <laughs> One of them also, yeah, because that's what they show. So he, land, first of all, he goes through the, the Windows screensaver, like you said. Falls yeah. through the, the CGI screensaver, lands on a beach with three women sitting there with their, their mouths open looking up at the sky. And one of them whispers, have you seen him, my boy, my little one, his father took him from me. And then the next one starts talking over that one. And the first thing she says is, I spit him out my hole. Big deal. Don't mean anything. And then the next one says, my child's an abomination. He has no soul. And they all go back to, with their mouths up in the air. And then suddenly the little shiny mirror light is on Vince. (laughs) And he sees baby Carl. So goes off. And if you haven't seen the movie, Carl, he's not a baby. He's like 12. Yeah, a little kid. Mm. Um, she, he leads him to J-Lo, who is now one of Carl's dolls. Um, tries to convince her that none of this is real. She's chained to the bed and tries to get frisky with him. She gives him a kiss. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, Carl pops up behind Vince and puts a bag over his head. Now we get the disemboweling scene, which is probably the most disturbing scene in the movie. Mm. And a movie filled with disturbing scenes. Yeah. Yeah. But oh. I forget the name of this, but it actually is a medieval torture. It's called the... I almost said the rack because I listened to a true crime podcast yesterday and the guy built a rack in his basement for a sex slave. Oof. Um, that's how I fall asleep at night. I listen to true crime podcasts. <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> um, I'm going to look it up. Yeah, it, basically, it, it's a thing where they have uh, like a crank with thorns on it, like a little pole with thorns hooked up to a crank. They make a small incision in your abdomen, pull your intestines out, and stab it onto the thorns and then start slowly turning the crank so it, it unravels your intestines. And um, so we get Vince Vaughn is trapped, on, like he's tied up. and I'm going to kill you, you motherfucker. And Carl's just teasing, like, ooh, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Like talking to this high pitch. It's like, not real. It's not yep. real. He's clapping his hands. And Vince Vaughn's saying, if I get my hands on you, I'm going to fucking kill you. So I swear to God, the nursery rhyme that he's saying, mm-hmm. those are... I, maybe this is a Mandela effect. <clears throat> My grandfather used to recite that. But oh, it, shit. Mares eat oats, and does eat oats, and little lambs eat ivy. Mm-hmm. But that's not what he says. Mm-mm. He's like, mares eat oats, and dies eat oats, and... Yeah. He's speaking gibberish. Yeah. But, yeah, this, like, I remember the first time seeing it in the theater, and, like, just squirming in my seat, because it was just so fucking foul. But, yeah, he, uh... Watch it now, because that's the first time I've probably seen this scene. It still makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. I, a disemboweling sequence has always freaked me out. I've seen worse. Oh, absolutely. But it's, it's known as the intestinal crank. The intestinal, well, intestinal crank. The name is exactly what it is. Yes. <laughs> so he starts, you know, cranking his guts out. And um, he yells to J-Lo. He's like... Wake the fuck up. He's like, I read your file. Your brother got into a car accident before he went to college. He died six months later. I'm sorry to tell you that, but I need you to wake up. Mm-hmm. I was cracking up at that. Mm-hmm. He's got his intestines hanging out, and he's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> just one, just a single tear down her cheek. Yep. And then she kind of comes to, she goes over to the, the table of spiky, sharp implements and grabs a pointy dildo mm-hmm. and jams it through Carl's shoulder. And he just, like, looks down and freaks out and then takes off. And then he turns into little boy Carl mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she hugs him and he's got blood in the spot where she stabbed Demon Th- Carl. That's the next scene, though, because she, she helps. That? Yeah, because he, he disappears <gasps> and then Different. she helps Vince. I keep just calling them by their names. Yeah. She helps Vince Vaughn. Peter. And, um, you know, th- he's like, what the fuck? And he's, like, grabbing his belly. Like, what happened? You know, and she tells him that, you know, he still, basically still can help Carl and still find the girl, blah, blah, blah. Um... So yeah, they, let me see here, I know I have a note somewhere. Um, oh yeah, okay, so they, they, this is where they go into the next room and they find baby Carl, um, who's bloody, she's hugging him, and Vince is looking at the girl in the water cage. So there's like the big cube of water, and there's the girl swimming around in there, and he notices all the symbols on it. And he looks at him and realizes he had seen the symbol before on the equipment in Carl's basement, Mm-hmm. Um, the like half moon like C shape, yeah, it was for Carver, but it's it's like it looks like a half moon with like two little like lines behind mm-hmm. it, um, and that he realizes, holy shit, I know how we can find the girl. 
So he grabs J-Lo and he's like telling her, we got to go, we got to go. Meanwhile, Demon Carl does like a little handstand and flippity flip (laughs) out of the shadows. He almost looks like he's a jester, like he's upside down. You expect him to have a hat with little bells. (laughs) And he grabs Bebe Carl and he's like, you can't have him. And then like disappears and... I'll come back and help you. (laughs) J-Lo and Vince Vaughn get out of the dream. Um, So now Vince Vaughn is calling the other cops saying like, Basically tells him, go into the Carl's basement, look for the equipment, look for any kind of symbol or uh, details on there. Finds the equipment, find out who sold it, yada, 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 now they have a lead. A little convoluted, you yeah. know, that, that's like, okay, it's industrial equipment, so you're going to be able to track down the one person who had it in that entire area that quick? <laughs> like, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it seemed a little far-fetched. Because it was like all of five minutes and they found it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so meanwhile, you know, Vince Vaughn's off and running, trying to, trying to find out where the girl is. And this is where the ticking clock starts. <laughs> so we see this whole time we kept cutting back and forth from the dream stuff to uh, Julia in the cell. And water would rain down on her and torture her and then it would drain out. And it's part of this whole cleansing ritual Carl has. And then eventually at this point... The water starts coming down and the drain plugs up. So now it's like the water level's rising. And this is where she starts panicking and grabbing at the pipes and all that. We see there's something with the pipe, but we don't know what yet. Chekhov's pipe. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so meanwhile, J-Lo wants to go back into Carl's mind and save baby Carl. Um, but, you know, obviously can't. <laughs> yeah. But, she changes all the codes, locks herself in, injects herself with booby dream medication. <laughs> And then brings, how odd is it that in this, like, procedure room, they have a picture of, like, Our Lady of Perpetual Snow. (laughs) Exactly. Like a Mary Magdalene with a white peacock. Like, what? And then when J-Lo wakes up, she's dressed like Our Lady of Perpetual Snow Lobes. Yep. So that's the thing. So she goes back into the dream, but she, like you said, reverses the feet, so she pulls Carl into her mind, so it's, it's her rules now. And baby Carl comes and finds her, and he's like, can I stay with you? And she's like, I'm sorry, that's not how it works. And then suddenly things go dark. He gets bugs crawling all over him. He goes, it doesn't matter. He found me. He always finds me. And then you see demon Carl, like, rise up out of the water and start spinning around the room. (laughs) Which, I'm sorry, it reminded me of, like, like a fucking Zelda boss. It was just like, (laughs) whee, like, spinning around the forest. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly she looked like she fucking belongs at MK. She had like... A crossbow. She, a crossbow, a sword, like leather thigh-high boots on. Mm-hmm. Like, So she starts shooting Demon Carl with arrows, gets him pinned to the ground, then stabs him with the sword. He starts coughing up blood, and then she sees that she's also killing baby Carl. Because when she, when she pins him before she stabs him, he turns mm-hmm. back into regular adult Carl. Mm-hmm. Right. And he says, do it! Yeah. Do it! And then she sees baby Carl, and Demon Carl says, you can't have him. You know, so they're going back and forth, so she knows she's got to kill him. Now, while this is happening, we see uh, fucking Vince Vaughn flying through the desert on a helicopter. And as I said, halfway, the water's halfway full as he's getting on the, pl- uh, the, the, right. the helicopter. So it's so he, he eventually, and he gets there, and, oh, she's not there. Where is she? Mm-hmm. And he finds the weird, like, sump pump thing outside. All of a sudden, the, uh, the sub pump makes a noise, and he's like, oh, I he's should like, probably lift this thing on the this I should hatch follow on the floor. this pipe. Right. <laughs> oh, there's a hatch in the ground. Wow, this so, doesn't belong there. At the beginning of the movie, when we first meet Carl, yeah. I thought that it was, like, a basement of that little, that's what little, little hut. Too. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he did a damn good job covering it up with sand again. Well, obviously mm-hmm. not, because... Uh, Peter found it. Yeah, he found it pretty quick, too. Yeah. And he gets down there, and then... All it took was some gas to come out of the water pipe. (laughs) Well, you see the the tank is full, and she's, like, huddled up in the corner, (laughs) sucking on the pipe, just breathing through the pipe. Which is kind of fucking smart, if you think about it. Like, she's able to get that. And then he's, like, back away from the One glass. thing I gotta say about her, though. Was that? She went from, like, this religious loving, oh, well, I'm not gonna move in with my boyfriend until we get married, blah, our blah, blah. Our heaven. father Get me the fuck out of here! <laughs> you fucking piece of shit! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you've heard my mouth, so... <laughs> but she went from, like, holiness to, like, the devil. 
Half a movie. She she got she she definitely got real pissy real quick. Yeah. She drops a lot of F bonds for being very religious. Now, did you see, um, like, when she was in there, she was plugging her nose? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's something the director was furious about because apparently he didn't know ahead of time she couldn't be underwater without holding her nose. And he said that he would have switched the first victim with her because the other girl could mm-hmm. be underwater without holding her nose. And he's like, he really didn't want her to be holding her nose in that scene. He's like, but it was too late. We couldn't recast. Oh, no. That, you know, because in real life, that wouldn't happen. I was going to say, I mean, I'd be holding my nose. Right. People who aren't good swimmers are, are just okay. Right. Be plugging their nose. I, I would have been like shit. And, but yeah, he I think apparently it made, pissed him off. Oh, I think it made the effect cooler yeah. now that I know that. I didn't even notice anything. I wasn't even, even paying attention until I read the uh, thing. I was like, really? I didn't notice. So I went back yeah. and watched it. Was like, that wouldn't bother me. That's what people do. Yeah. But uh, director got to direct, I guess. Mm. <laughs> but... Uh, so Vince Vaughn tells her, get away from the glass, and he shoots it with a bunch of bullets. I like the one that the one bullet that ricochets is like pew and he dodges out of the way, like, oh shit. Mm. <laughs> like, and then eventually he shatters the glass, the water comes down, he saves the girl. Another impossible part. But exactly. I mean it was it was shattered, but that <clears throat> one swing was not breaking that glass. hmm And uh so he he you know breaks breaks through that, saves the girl, and then in the dream world we see uh, J-Lo, you know, talking to Baby Carl <laughs> as he's dying. And then she, like, him. baptizes him again. Well, because he, he still asks her to finish it. And he, he had told her, uh, we, didn't, we didn't talk about this, but there was a sequence where he tells her that when he was a kid, when, this is adult Carl, he said when he was a kid he found a bird. And it was injured, and he knew that it was only a matter of time before his father found yeah, the bird. Right. And if he found him, he knew he would do something horrible to it. So he held the bird underwater. And he goes, and, you know, it was better for the bird this way. I saved him. I set him free. So this whole, like, drowning thing that he has, he believes that, like, it's a a peaceful way to go. So he asks her to finish it, and she holds him underwater until he dies. So she she kills baby Carl. Um, so now we, we, we cut to some, some time has passed. We see the detectives and the FBI and all that investigating Carl's house. And J-Lo shows up with, uh, Carl's dog. Whose name is Valentine. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I do like this because we, we didn't shoehorn a romance into the movie. Yeah. Because, uh, Vince Vaughn comes down to talk to her. You know, he, you know, he's talking to her about Edward, the little boy that she was helping at the beginning. Saying, like, so I heard that you're going to try, you know, this whole reversal technique thing. And she was like, yeah, you know, they've agreed to let me try it. And, you know, I really think it'll help, yada, yada, yada. You know, he tells her to take care of herself. She tells him to take care of himself. They hug, and then, like, the school bell rings next door, and they both kind of jump and laugh about it. They say their goodbyes. He goes back to work, and so does she. I was like, that's cool. Like, we didn't get the shoehorned romance. Yeah. I, I like yeah, that. Yeah, that's good. But then we, we end the movie with her back in the desert with, uh, with Edward, only this time it's in her mind. And she sets up the sailboat and, like, a blue curtain to make it look like water. Mm-hmm. And you see him finally trusting her and taking her hand. And then credits. The and end. So, the end. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, overall, it's a really fun movie. It's a it's a solid flick. It's a quick watch. You know, it mm-hmm. does, even though it's, like, what, an hour and 47 minutes or yeah, something like that? Yeah, it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like an it, hour and 47 no, minutes. No, it goes by fast. Um, I feel like it starts off slow, though. Like, when, I, when I, I looked at the time, and I was like, oh, it's only a half hour? Because it felt like... Yeah. I feel like up until we get into Carl's mind, it Right, yeah. Slow. It picks up after that, but at one point, I was like, wow, this is only a half hour? <laughs> See, I ended up watching this this one pretty quick. I, In fact, I was forgetting to write notes altogether, because I was just watching it for, like, 20 minutes at the time. I'm like, oh, shit, i got to write something. Yeah, with this new concept, I'm not even writing notes. I'm just going to go off. <laughs> just go off I'm, memory? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, overall, I think it was a really fun flick and it kind of reminded me where we were in the early 2000s when it came to horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of like, a lot of stuff that dealt with, uh, strange concepts like the mindscape and dreams and mm-hmm. all that. Um, not that I'm complaining. There's a lot of good stuff there. There's also a lot of fairy tale horror, which we'll be watching a movie coming up that deals mm-hmm. with yeah. that. Um, but yeah, a little bit of trivia. I thought this was funny. Vincent D'Onofrio said that his wife refused to sleep in the same bed with him for two weeks after seeing his performance in the movie. Now that's one I can believe. I can too, because he's <laughs> fucking terrifying. <Yep. laughs> 
Uh, J-Lo wanted the costumes to be comfortable to wear, but the costume designer told her that she needs to feel uncomfortable because her character would be tortured. Mm-hmm. So in other words, no, nah, they ain't going to be comfortable. Deal with it. And yep. she was wearing flats when she was in the dream world. She had sensible footwear on. And you know that's something that I really <laughs> take seriously. This is true. And fire hazards, which there really weren't any in this one. This is very true. Uh, we actually ended up talking about a lot of the other stuff, like the whole uh, fact that the masturbation scene wasn't in the U.S. release. Um, let me see here. Oh, th- this one, I I don't know if I buy this, but apparently it was because of the success of Silence of the Lambs and The Sixth Sense that gave Warner Brothers the confidence to greenlight this movie. I'm like, Warner Brothers has done a whole bunch of horror movies mm-hmm. in the past. I highly doubt those were the two that made them yeah. be like, oh, okay, yeah, we can do it. Um, The name Maki Lock is named, is named after the word Mucky Muck, which means a person of, of inflated self-importance. So, like his dad. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that the villain in the uh, Wonder Boy? <laughs> Monkey Buck. Yeah, yes. it? <laughs> Wonder Boy. It was Monkey Buck, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> I think so. Do we, do we have to consult the bones? Do I have to consult the bones on that one? I'm pretty sure you're right. Actually, it is Monkey Muck. Is yeah. it Monkey Buck? Okay. <laughs> I thought so. Um, and then this the the scene where Catherine's trapped in the closet, like R. Kelly, um, and she's forced forced to watch young Carl abused by his father. Uh, it's a scene almost identical to the scene in Blue Velvet. So if you remember that, so. Daddy wants to hug. <laughs> yep. I figured you'd like that. <laughs> That's such a great movie. Oh, it really is. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think that, uh, I think this was a solid, solid flick, so. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts on this or on the new format since this is your guys' first episode doing this? Well, it's not two hours, so. Yeah. <laughs> Maurice is happy as long as it's shorter. We're a little over an hour right now, and then you cut yeah. it down. Well, yeah. Maurice has a little bit longer drive home now, so he doesn't like being here till 9 o'clock. And... <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but but no, I, I feel like, you know, going forward, this will be a much easier way to do these podcasts. Because one of the things that was really stopping me up, at least, is how many times I had to watch the movie, make all my notes, mm-hmm. and all that and I was dedicating anywhere between, like, five and seven hours a week just to do one movie. You know, and that's not counting recording time, then editing time, and all that. So, with working all the extra hours I've been working, trying to deal with everything else, like, just, you know, day-to-day life, being a dad, doing other podcasts, trying to work on art projects, I didn't want to give this show up, but I was at that point where it was like, I don't know that I can keep doing this. So I hope that everyone enjoys listening to this. I, I feel like the, you know, the the format will find its legs. We're, mm-hmm. we're kind of floundering a bit at the moment, but uh, we kind of started off doing things this way. So we're going yeah. we're going back to our roots. And if you like it, tell us. If you don't like it, tell us. Yeah, and and like I said, we will have old school episodes as well. It's it's just gonna they're gonna be a little more rare. Um, yeah. Like I can guarantee you, when we do our next Friday the Thirteenth special. It will be done old school. It won't be done in an hour. No. No. <laughs> and, and we'll have guests, so it'll yeah. be a long episode. Um, I'm looking at you, Strasburg. Oh, yeah. I, I, you, you know we're going to get him on here. Um, that one will actually be Jason X. I'm excited about that. Wait, then, we did... We did Friday the 13th Part 9. Mm-hmm. X Tegan was on that one. I don't think it... You weren't on that one. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think, I think you had... you, Josh, and Tegan, right? Yeah. And then, so now we have uh, Jason X and Freddy vs. Jason, but Freddy vs. Jason will be next year, and we have to cover uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, at least part six. We at least yeah. got to do part six before we do, because we got to get Freddy dead. Yeah. <laughs> so we could do Freddy vs. Jason. Um, but yeah, so uh, I think that this will wrap things up, so let's do our social media. So if anyone's not following us, we have The Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram. Maurice handles our Twitter. What is that good, sir? At Boogeyman's The. Thank you very much. Uh, we still have our Patreon. Uh, by the time you hear this, the new uh, changes will be up. Basically, there's going to be just... Uh, the, the stuff getting sent out in the mail will be sent out less frequently. You'll still get the same amount of stuff, but I didn't want to up the cost of the tier. Uh, just the cost of mailing everything, is, it's, it's gone up. So it's like, I don't want to have to up the, the cost of things for people. So rather than mailing it every two months, I'm going to mail it every couple of months, but you'll still get the same amount of prints in the mail. Um, you're just going to have to, it's going to be a little bit longer between, it was a compromise of either charging more or making, you know, making it take longer. 
And I felt that that was the better thing because I didn't want to charge people more money. Um, and then there'll be a couple other things like as far as special picks and whatnot. But um, we, also, we are also part of the Rad Pantheon, I can speak. Uh, so if you guys are interested in more podcasts like this and seeing other artists and musicians, go check out radpantheon.com and Rad Pantheon on all the socials where you can find a lot of cool stuff like this podcast. Uh, for anyone that wants to watch our next episode, it'll be episode 182, Darkness Falls from 2003, which is one of my fucking favorite 2000 horror movies. And I can't wait to get to it. So, but yeah, I guess with that, we'll wrap this up. So as always, this is Mike saying goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at the Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned. (laughs) 